So words, they are swords and they are seeds. You don't need to prove yourself. I like you the way you are. These were the 13 words my friend said to me while driving off of campus at a college we both attended. I didn't expect those words to penetrate the walls of my defense quite as easily as they did. I remember that we were talking about something and I was very frustrated and I was complaining and I was sharing some problem that I had I had, had with somebody, I think, or some situation. And those simple 13 words I remember to this day because of how profoundly impactful they were in my life and how they began to produce healing. Another friend of mine told me that he was angry or had become angry with faith, with God, and really had decided at this point in his life to become an atheist. And he then began to actively debate Christians, not because he didn't like them or wanted to harm them, but because he wanted to free them and save them from their delusions. And he began meeting with Christians just for that purpose of debating them. But one day he met this young guy who sat, invited him actually to lunch and said, I just wanna have lunch with you. This friend of mine, this atheist friend of mine said, uh, he geared himself up, he was prepared, he was ready, he had all his arguments and he couldn't wait. And then they sat down at lunch and he launched in and began to give all the reasons why one shouldn't believe in God or Christianity. And it was at that point, certain point during lunch, that he stopped him, this young Christian guy, and said, clearly, you're smarter than me, but I just wanted to have lunch with you because I like you. It was at that moment that my atheist friend said he just broke into tears, sobbing, at the table with him over lunch. Those 19 words began to transform him and years later, he still reflects back on those words as being the words that began to heal him from his own hurt and anger. What do you see? What do you hear? In those 13 words and in those 19 words, what do you see and hear in that situation? Maybe you put that in the chat as we continue to talk. The power of words. All I need is a sheet of paper and something to write with, and then I can turn the world upside down. Frederick Nietzsche. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. The power of words that according to John is why creation exists because of the power of the words that came from the mouth of God. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, Genesis chapter one. But why, some say, the moon, he posed. Why choose this as our goal? And then may well ask why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? 
We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize the, and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win and others too. Those of you who are old enough, remember those words. I was born much after that, but I uh, had heard those words many times said, and those were the words from John F. Kennedy, and inspiring and galvanizing an entire nation, and many reflect back on that speech as being so powerful because those words brought together an entire nation to do the impossible, the power of words. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 12, words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. The power of words, they impact and heal or they destroy, but they just don't do it in one direction, they do it in both. The one who speaks the words are themselves either brought to life or destroyed. That's what Ecclesiastes says. That's what Proverbs says. That's what Jesus says. You've got all the wisdom literature and you've got the words of Jesus supporting and saying the same thing. That the words that you speak, if they are intended to destroy and maybe even if they're unintended, to harm or to destroy. They have the effect of both bringing life and death in the people around you, but also in your own self as well. It is impossible to speak words that are healing and that are life-giving and that are inspiring for them not to also give life and inspire you. Conversely, it is impossible for you to speak negatively and think that you just got it outside of you and it has no more impact in you. Because the very words you speak, according to Jesus, Jesus says it is not what comes out of the, it is not what goes into a man that defiles him. It is what comes out of a person that defiles them. The power of words. Let's think about the wise and gracious words from Ecclesiastes 10. I'm going to give you this uh, very quickly as a um, list of questions to ask yourself. Remember when you were in elementary school, remember the six questions you were taught to, to ask? Who, what, where, when, why, and how? Who? Who are you communicating with? Are you thinking about that when you're communicating? Age, gender, ethnicity, race, politics, religion. Who are the people I'm communicating with? Because data is not just data. <laughs> we don't, we're not robots and we just take it in. Uh, we're all impacted because of those factors. What, what is your desired outcome? Perhaps the best question that I've ever asked myself before I'm about to say anything, which most of the time I don't ask myself this question, but when I do, it works. And the question is, what is my desired outcome? The questions are the best because what they do is they open your mind. The questions 
are the things that bring you wisdom. It doesn't tell you the answer, but just the question causes you to stop long enough to say, huh. And the moment you do that, wisdom rises up. What do I want? What's the outcome? What's the goal? Where do I do this in front of people? Or do I do this privately? Do I respond on social media for others to see? Or do I do this privately in some private message? When? When should I communicate it? When should you speak versus being silent? And when should you be silent versus speaking? Why? Why should you communicate this? Is this subject in your wheelhouse? Is this a distraction from your priorities? Or is this in line with your priorities? So much of the time, we get involved in busy talk and busy you know, communication that may not necessarily be what is yours to do. Finally, how should I communicate what I'm about to communicate? Should I do this in person? Should I do this not, you know, no longer in person now, but should I do this over email, over text, or through some kind of maybe Zoom or phone call? Uh, context matters. Uh, maybe, you know, tone, body language, words, making sure those things match as well. Uh, and doing so with humility and confidence. And finally, gracious. We want our words to be gracious. Right? Breathe life where you can. Bring light. Help carry each other's burdens. What I want to say here, though, is that this should not be just a cautionary approach, but an inspired approach. We're not just saying, be careful and don't do th certain things. We're saying, start doing something amazing with your words. Start doing something amazing with your ability to communicate. Each one of us here, no matter how uh, good we are with speaking, or perhaps we're not that great with speak, doesn't matter. Your words have power. Remember in those first two stories I shared with you, 13 words, did those 13 words seem really deep and profound and beyond your capacity to ever communicate to anyone? <laughs> the words that were you don't need to prove yourself. I like you just the way you are. Does that seem really like outside of our capacity to communicate? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Every one of us, no matter how eloquent we are, can communicate life. So these are the questions I want you to explore and we'll do this in, in groups. What would you like your words, whether verbally or in writing to do? in this world. Think about this right now before we break out into groups. Do you want your words to be encouraging, inspiring, to give new perspective, bring beauty, to heal, to guide? And then think about the second question, what kind of communication would you like to develop over the coming months? Some of you, you know that better questions is your thing. Like you realize in all of us, you know, we'd like to, um, We'd like to be better at asking questions. But some of you, this is, your, this is your jam. You're really good at communicating questions. And, and, and when you do, you give lots of space. You know who I'm talking about, those of you out there. You, you create space through questions. You, create, you put a question out there, and then you sit back and you listen. And you're very comfortable doing that and having others speak. Well, then become a master of questions. Become even better. Make that your goal. Like, I'm good with that. And that's my form of communication is through excellent questions, right? Others of you, 
uh, you've been secretly wanting to be a public speaker, but you've been avoiding it because you're just so many other things that you think you should be doing. And you're kind of, you know, what's interesting about us as, as humans, we are the, we are so slow at doing the thing that we're actually gifted and good at. And we work so hard on everything else. And so some of you, it's like, you know, that this is your thing, but you're maybe procrastinating. So think about that. Uh, think about um, uh, poetry or research or storytelling or writing in some form, right? What is it that's been on your heart to do that you wanna do more of? So instead of being cautionary about our words, which we should be, it's to say, but let's not make that the goal. Let's make the goal bring in life and inspiring and healing and doing something transformative in this world with our words. So I'm gonna put these questions in the chat. And, uh, and then Mario is going to uh, put us into groups and again, what I want you to do is let there be one group leader, whoever doesn't have to be a leader, just a facilitator, just anybody who can uh, make sure those questions are being asked and everybody gets a chance to talk. Um, but here's what I want you to avoid doing. Again, the rules from last week. Uh, you're not there to encourage or to counsel anyone. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll rob yourself. I'm telling you, I'm, this is, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> like You're going to rob yourself of the opportunity to do growth here. And the growth will be and turning inwardly and asking yourself these questions. In what way can I use my words in the coming months to do something really life-giving in the world around me? That's what you wanna be answering. In what ways can I do that? Okay. Yeah, let's get some feedback. I'd love to hear from you guys. How were your groups? What were some uh, thoughts, insights, something that maybe was inspiring to you? I can go. Um, yeah. What I noticed common themes in our group were things like asking good questions and really listening. Um, also really noticing how powerful words can be, like we can really cut each other. So to be really careful about that. Mm. And also just figuring out ways to bless each other with our words. Mm. Awesome. Somebody had mentioned, you know, we, we talked about the question from last week about the pros and cons about this COVID and somebody said, you know, I had a bad day at work. And then I said, I know a couple of people have heard me say this before. It's like the whole day isn't ruined. It's a moment of time. But you focus on that moment and it ruins your whole day. You keep rewinding it back, but it's only a moment. It's not your whole day. You need to get out of that moment and look at the good. You woke up this morning and you hopefully you had some breakfast, whatever it is. You know, you got to look back. Somebody says something rotten to you or mean to you or not. You drop something. Oh, rude my whole day. A day is a long day, especially in recovery. You know, one minute at a time, one day at a time, one second at a time. That's a long day to be counting, to ruin the whole day because you did something wrong or somebody said something to you. Hmm. So that's what was said. One thing in our group. It's a good group. Yeah, we were talking about how words can kind of carry on. And, you know, Joel was sharing that about, you know, someone, those 13 words that someone said to him, and that was years ago, and how those words stayed with him. Um, 
you know, the, the positive words that we speak to people, they can have this kind of carrying on effect. There's, there's things that people have spoken into this, they can speak into our lives or things that we can speak into someone else's lives that we think is innocuous and that care, it carries with them in the positive, you know, can, it can really stay with them. Um, but we also have a choice if someone says something negative to us, that, that thing wants to play on repeat in our minds. And, you know, how many of us are still living according to the story of something, ne something spoke negatively into us years ago, and it stays with us. And we've defined so much of our lives around that statement. And then um, how can we actually live into the thing that, that God is saying over us? So we all took a moment to pause and close our eyes and say, you know, what is something you think God would say to you right now in this moment? Like one sentence. Um, and of course, it's this, you know, beautiful thing, uh, but it's sometimes it's so easy for us to believe or stick with the negative things that people speak over us. But how um, the, the good things, when they do get to us at the right moment, they can be, um, they can really stay with us like Joel's story did. Yeah, <clears throat> Holly just put in, it's hard to shake the negative. <clears throat> it is. It is. It's very hard, yeah, yeah. And maybe we should spend some time talking about that, not today, but uh, maybe spend some time talking about the negative that has uh, lodged itself in our minds and how then that negativity eventually wakes, it works its way through our system. It actually, it, it metabolizes in us, it becomes a part of us. And there are certain outgrowths in our lives as a result of those words um, that, uh, that then shape our reality. So it's interesting how words that are spoken that we take in actually begin to create a reality for us because we live out of that. So we look for confirmations of, you know, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I'm, you know, um, I'm a bad person. And all of these things start to shape a reality. And many of us live from that or we live in opposite and just total reaction against it. Like, I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to be that. But we're still affected deeply by those words. Um, so... Yeah. How many would like to spend some time talking about that at some point? Do we have yeses? Yeah, sure. Thumbs up if yes, or wave your hand so I can see. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, next week begins Advent, believe it or not. So um we will work um that talk into advent um and so uh but i'm looking forward to it we're going to begin our season of advent and uh we're going to have candles so danielle's going to communicate that to us in email but we're going to have candles and we'll do the candle lighting together as a community in our respective places but we'll we'll do it uh and uh we'll have a time together uh to commemorate and to prepare ourselves for this season